Hello everyone. Welcome to the Road to Recovery podcast. This podcast is a platform for education, discussion, and conversations on mental health. I'm your host, Amira Shah, and in this podcast, you'll get to know more about the therapeutic process, insight into life from the perspective of the psyche, and also join me in exploring current issues with other practitioners. I specialize in grief, but I'm always interested in learning about the human experience of the mind, heart, and spirit. So join me on this journey of in-depth learning about ourselves and the world we live in. everyone welcome back to science of the soul my name is amira and today i have with me sanya stoicic and she is a holistic therapist and a naturopath and she runs the college of conscious living which where she teaches a diploma in holistic integrated creative arts therapy hi sanya Hi, Amira. Thanks for having me. This is really lovely. Oh, it's been really nice to catch up with you today. Um, Sanya and I caught up a few hours ago. I haven't seen her in months and months and months because she lives so far away from me. <laughs> but today I've decided I am going to come down here. I'm going to talk to her. We're going to catch up and do this podcast. So thank you for having me. Yeah, that's great. Well, thank you for doing this. I'm very excited to have a chat about all sorts of things mm-hmm. and yeah let's see where it goes yes so sonia you have been running this diploma for two years now can you tell me a little bit more about this course and how you got into it yeah so uh the course itself is designed to set up our students ultimately with the skill set um to work for themselves set up their own businesses uh in within the creative arts so it can be running workshops um, in just painting. Um, They can also do uh, holistic counseling. So maybe setting up a business with working with one-on-one clients. Mm. So there are many different pathways our students can take, but it's ideally to set them up so that they can work for themselves. Mm. Um, And within that, it's we give them the training to begin with to really help them understand what trauma is, what stress does to not only the brain, but also how the body responds when we have trauma and stress and how it can be quite lodged within Mm. the body in different areas of the body. So we get them to understand that mind-body connection, stress and trauma in the first part of the course. And then we start looking at the different types of creative arts that can be used to help people identify these traumas and stresses in the body and most importantly to facilitate it out Mm. of the body so the creative arts as as fun as it can be the therapeutic part of it is when we start having a look at our emotions the negative ones the ones that are causing us harm and we start transferring them on to paper or into sculpture or into a dance movement Mm. we're now facilitating it out of the body so it's no longer trapped within Mm. and then that becomes a lot more workable and manageable 
to start shifting through that because it's no longer within Mm. it's now out there a little bit more detached from the person yeah so there's this process of externalization um that is heavily guided by your creative instincts and as we know a lot of us know by now that trauma is embodied we you know mm. it, the body remembers that that book yes. by van der Kock. yes and um it's about i guess releasing that traumatic tension that is Definitely. so deeply buried within our like i don't know everything <laughs> yeah yeah definitely um, yep. and 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 making something beautiful out of it actually yes. because creative arts and yep. dance do you do dance as well we do yeah so we uh, have a few modules where we we call it elemental movement meditation and authentic movement so it is uh, basically where we put on a piece of music and the person is allowed to move in any which way that they feel guided based on the music and we do have a structure where we would take them through uh, different elements uh, such as air fire water earth and then Mm -hmm. focus on different aspects of the body that correlate to that element so we are moving them through their own body and if there's something lodged perhaps as we work up the legs in our pelvis for example there something may arise and they may be able to release through that particular movement um, or they may not have anything really lodged in their mm. body that comes out through dance movement it might not be their thing mm. that gets triggered uh, which is fine what, whatever happens is, is just authentic really So I didn't know that was what it was called because I had a very strange dance experience a year ago. Really? Do tell. Oh my God. It was so weird because I'm not a dancer. Yeah. I, if anyone is a Frank Zappa's fan, um, he has this song called Two Left Feet. um, And that's me. Um, That song (laughs) is all me. Mm -hmm. I cannot dance. Um, And so I didn't know what what I was going for. Someone had tickets, so I was invited, you know, some dance thing. And I'm just like, okay, so I rock up and I'm just in this bare room with like polished floorboards. I think it was at the Yacht Club in West End or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then some really interesting characters were there as well, like men in skirts um very colorful skirts mm-hmm. um who later on at the end changed into a leather jacket to ride on his motorbike home so i was very confused <laughs> i was very confused and then there was like this warm-up thing and everyone's like moving and just mm-hmm. bending yes. um in in very strange ways and then people started dancing but no one is synchronized and yeah. everyone's having doing their own thing and i didn't know what to do i was freaking out i stayed in a corner and i just stretched for half an hour yeah. because i was just so uncomfortable i was like i a i can't dance mm. to begin with mm. b like i'm very sober yes <laughs> see yes. i'm scared <laughs> I, I was actually scared um and but then no one was looking at anyone either so mm. after a while i realized there's no judgment here Yes. And I was the last one that stopped dancing. Ah, you see? <laughs> and I was like, this is so liberating. This is awesome. Yes. I went home and continued alone. Yes. Um, in the dark. Yes. <laughs> so yes. it opened a gate. It was really, really awesome. 
That's amazing because, yes, yeah, so many people, particularly with the students, after we have, and it terrifies them when mm. I tell them uh, our practical for today is to move our body uh, sober in daylight, <laughs> uh, anywhere you want to. Yeah, people get, they have terror, sheer terror on their faces. But once we set them up, and it's mm. obviously a very safe space, mm. and there's a lot of guidance to help them to get into the zone and then when they're in the zone we just let the music and themselves take over the number one thing that people often say is exactly what you just really? said they feel liberated mm. and we had um there, there are there are many students um that have had some experience somewhere in their life that has shut down mm. their body and they're not aware of it until they're asked to dance mm. and we we've, we've had a couple of students where the most that they could do was literally stand still for the entire hour and just swing their arms. And that was liberating enough. The fact that they had the confidence just to swing their arms around and do nothing more. So it is very interesting. Um, what can be achieved just through purely moving your body. It was very confronting. I found and confronting, not in the sense where you are terrified because of the social anxiety because you don't know anyone here and Mm. everything's strange yes but confronting in the sense almost where i remember thinking like why am i moving this way like what i didn't know i could do this (laughs) yeah and why can't i do that and 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 just realizing every now and then that i need to open my eyes otherwise i'll bang into people (laughs) because there's that that part where like you're in the zone yes but then you know and you're having a great time but trying to maintain that balance of being present physically and not Mm. being i guess drawn away by your mind and you know whatever oxytocin that's going on in your head yeah i'm not not letting that take the lead and forgetting where you are and forgetting to respect the people around you and like not startle them as well yes so it, it was an interesting balance and i found that balancing act confronting for quite a while yeah i could imagine well that brings uh, my point to our second movement within the course is uh, where we call it authentic movement and in this particular space they team up our students will team up with another student so that the one student who is in their authentic movement does have their eyes closed and the mm-hmm. other student is creating a safe space and supporting them so that they can lose themselves as far and as deep as they need to knowing that the other student has got their back this particular activity is also again around body movement but it's now a trust factor Mm. and a lot of people a don't close their eyes because perhaps their trauma started somewhere Mm. in the dark at night time and they've lost a lot of trust between other human beings so it's it's absolutely mind-blowing what can happen when we again set that space up and you're working with a partner to entrust that no matter which way I move or where mm. I move, I'm not going to bash into a wall. I'm not going to fall over because you've got me. You've got my back. Wow. And for some people, it can be the first time that they've experienced that level of intimacy and mm. trust with someone and that they're forever transformed in that moment. Wow. They've experienced something that they haven't had for a long time. So it's, it's a huge privilege, yeah. a lot of the work that we do with our students to watch this and to see what they get out of it. Mm. Yeah. 
Whoa, what a shift. And how long how long um, does that go on for this buddy um, system? Um, up to an hour. Okay. Well, within an hour, you yeah. are teaching someone to trust. Yes. yes. So do you meet much resistance? No, because that particular activity is placed at module 17. Oh. So it's towards the end of the course. So we have a lot of sharing and trust building through the course in other activities that by the time we come to that activity where we have to pair up people in the space, um, yeah. in the course, that they know each other. Well, they've built a lot of rapport and a lot of work's already been done. A lot of mm. trauma's been shifted. A lot of healing has happened. Right. So, so there's trust in the process as well. Correct. As is the people around them. Yeah. That's incredible because... Um, even in my work at times when I do encourage uh, a short meditation um, mm -hmm. session or just take the opportunity when you know mm -hmm. someone's in a hyper aroused state yeah. um, not every not everyone is comfortable with closing their eyes just being in a room yes. and meditating and um, that may or may not have uh, may or may not be a product of trauma but mm -hmm. Just, you know, even with your therapist, sometimes you don't particularly feel mm -hmm. that safe that day in that moment That's because right. what what is coming up. Yes. And I guess that hour might give some time as well for someone to kind of ease into it. Yes. Yeah, well, we certainly do get met with a lot of, um, uh, not so much resistance, but I, I, think, I think our students by that time, they're prepped enough, mm. uh, if you like, um, but there's still sheer terror on their faces. <laughs> uh, but we, you know, I, I make sure because I, I do facilitate the course. So I do make sure that they are set up in a small meditation mm. where words such as honoring yourself, trusting the self and your partner. So these types of things are already being spoken mm. uh, to be put in the space before they even start. Yeah. yeah. So it's being just reiterated in different forms throughout the course. Exactly. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, we have a lot of fun mm. in the course. Yeah. <laughs> we really do. <laughs> I feel like I'm missing out. <laughs> <laughs> you can join us anytime. <laughs> yeah, I'll think about it. <laughs> so, um, now you were a naturopath and I got to know you um, once upon a time many years ago. Some years ago. Yes. Several years ago. Yeah, um, yeah you did. As, as a naturopath. Yes. So, Tell me about how you've transitioned in your life, in your career, from doing naturopathy mm -hmm. to what you're doing now. Okay. So, yes, I have been a practicing naturopath for 18 years. And um, as I was evolving in my naturopathy, I felt that there was, I needed some other modalities and I was drawn to meditation. Mm -hmm. So, I took up a course and did a meditation teacher's training program. And I, I really loved it. So as a result, um, I started to be able to offer my naturopathic clients because everybody's stressed out, remember? Mm. So I was able to offer a meditation service uh, outside of my consultations. So I did that for a while and um, I didn't feel that my that's where my calling was. My heart mm. wasn't in it as much as I loved it. However, as a result of being on, I guess, the database within that teacher's uh, meditation teacher's program, I was offered um, the position 
within the course that I do now to come along and be a student as well as an assistant teacher mm. for this particular program and I there was something just instantly that I, I knew that I should get on board with this so I did I showed up I put myself forward and I got the position and so I went into the course not really knowing what it was about mm. um, I just knew that on some level I needed to be there so yeah I showed up and um, started to be a student as well as an assistant teacher within the dynamics of the course and the, I think what I came to see was how much uh, healing and transformation was available in such a short period of time if the mm. structure is presented in a way that makes it possible mm. in a short period of time. So then I started to really feel, funnily enough, that my 18 years of being a naturopath was almost like a prerequisite that I didn't know I needed to have oh. to step into being a creative arts therapist. Yeah. So I was very fortunate for the background of knowing uh, the human body, the different ailments and conditions mm. um, and some of the psychological stress that people come with. But stepping into the creative arts world, I feel I'd found my calling mm. in helping people in a whole other way and not just with supplements and with mm. herbs, but with this true ability to help people facilitate their own ailments traumas stress emotions mm. through the creative arts mm. and i just saw so much empowerment i saw people you know while i was in the course as a part part of being part of a student or the student body yeah my um the people around me were by the end of the course just totally beaming transformed wow. people had let go of stuff that had been they'd been carrying around for 20 plus years mm -hmm. we all understood ourselves a lot better we understood that mind-body connection mm -hmm. and belief systems was huge for me mm. i remember learning this whole concept about your belief systems and how ingrained they can mm. be and where did those belief systems come from mm. and i found so at, like with most people, our caregivers, parents, things like that, when we're little, give us these belief systems. And there was this one defining moment where a lot of my ways of behaving, mm. there was learned behavior and, and but belief systems that I saw had come from my father. Mm. And I just had this light bulb moment that, well, they're not mine. Yeah. Yep. So if they're not mine, who, who am I and what am I? And I was able to rediscover the a more authentic version of me when I started to drop and it wasn't easy by the way it's yep. not easy just to change your belief systems it's and like drop learning yeah but the process that process in itself was difficult and painful yet empowering and liberating that mm -hmm. I was like free of these things that weren't working for me because they weren't mine yeah so that, that was amazing. And so being part of the course, that's where I was sold that this work, it needs to, it needs to be brought to the people. People need to be yeah. doing this. And I get that uh, the course is very much on a professional level to set people up for their business. Mm. But there's this whole byproduct that naturally comes with it yeah. for personal growth and development. Mm. And I'm a strong believer that you need to go through that 
in order to be the best type of therapist mm. for your client. Yeah. If you've done the work for yourself, you're going to step into your own authentic power to help facilitate yeah. that in somebody else. Mm. So, yeah, it's, it's amazing. It was really amazing. I mean, it sounds like one hell of a transformation. It truly is. Yeah. Um, and I, I guess I can relate because when I was doing my training in counseling as well, you know, you learn all these modalities, all these theories, um, all these therapeutic approaches. And, you know, you are your first guinea pig. Yes. And... Not everyone is able to do that or mm -hmm. would want to do that. Um, yes. Not every counseling, counselor in or therapist in training would, you know, apply these things upon themselves. But it's very hard not to. Yes. Like you're kind of forced to, to <laughs> you know, analyze yeah, yourself um, constantly. Yeah. And, and then you, but you grow exponentially. Yes. And so what, like my training was all in all took about well my postgrad training took about one two about three to four years you know um but you crash course yours in six months we certainly do yeah, yeah. and a lot of people do ask you know that there's a lot here for six months and mm. um you know how, how are we going to get everything that we need in six months uh, mm. but it is really quite uh, phenomenally structured mm. so that everybody does get what they need yeah. and I haven't met anybody that hasn't achieved that mm. in that time some people have actually said it should go for so much longer yeah I think because we just love it and it's it's a lot of fun as much as there can be a lot of um, soul searching and having a look and shifting through stuff we certainly have um, that level of intensity to it. But on, on the flip side, we have so much laughter and so mm. much fun and so much creativity yeah. and the energy is high um, and pe pe we just we just love it. Mm. And by the time six months is up, it is quite sad that that particular course has finished, but people, they get set up and, and they're ready. Mm. They're ready yeah. to go out and do whatever type of therapy they feel drawn to. Uh, some people go on for further study, mm. um, but so we, we make sure that people get very clear in what individual journey they would like to have um, and then what kind of business they want to step into, mm. which I think that's one of the most amazing things. And I often say this is that we teach the one course, but our students walk out with such a unique mm. journey and experience and that what they ultimately set up. So we do not train everyone under the same course and then send out stock standard high cat students. Yeah. There's none of that. It's the one course, but everybody gets what they need in their own way. Yeah. And then go off and do what they need to go and do. So do you think that's the product of the creativity? I would say yes. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely um Yes, you you've, you've mm. understood that one quite well. <laughs> it is it's definitely the product of yeah. the creativity. Mm. Yeah, because everyone's creative in their own way. And, it's, and on that, the, the creative ability is nothing about, you know, painting this amazing piece that needs to go into an art gallery. You could do stick figures. <laughs> but if that's your creativity coming yeah. out for you to get what you need to get, to see what you need to see, then the mm. job is done. Nice. And that's what I love. Yeah. You just have to come with an open mind and, and, and the love for being creative. What yeah. level of creativity you've got, we don't look at that. Mm. 
Yeah, yeah, I've seen I've seen some of the work that you've posted mm. um, of your classes, <laughs> and often you know before you know you t- you've told me about this. Um, yeah. I was just like. Huh. <laughs> like sometimes I see some really awesome like yeah. art. Yeah. And sometimes I'm just like, so is she doing this with kids as well? Like <laughs> honestly. Like I was yeah. a bit confused. Yeah. Um whether this was Yeah, what what it was about. I, I caught the art and the therapy side, but then you know, because I've never really done much of art therapy in with my clients. So mm-hmm. a little bit here and there with, with mm-hmm. uh trauma clients, but not intensely so I haven't really seen what mm. is done and mm-hmm. then you post all these art pieces and I'm just like huh yeah I still have no idea what she's doing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's something yeah. it's something to do with paint yes um and and making things in crafts <laughs> and consciousness yes all <laughs> um, of that that's yeah, good that's yeah. what we do yeah. Yeah, definitely um yeah look I do I do like posting uh, particularly on my social platform um what the students are creating in hopes that whoever mm. might be interested gets a glimpse of some stick figures and right. goes right it is a creative arts course but i don't need to be uh, van gogh mm. yeah and intimidated um because if people are looking at this and going um uh, is she doing this with kids mm. it, that doesn't bother me Mm. because then it would um there might be some confusion as what's actually going on but they won't be worried about their artistic yep. level because that's not what it's about mm. there's no pressure there no pressure no and you know look some some students at the beginning um I do like to coach them as best I can to overcome that because people come with perfectionism mm. and that it has to be a certain way and it has to look a certain way but if we get behind that there's something that happened in the past that created them to be a perfectionist and it yeah. certainly wasn't their art ability yeah. something else has gone down yeah. so yeah there's a, a few of that that shows up yeah. and i just have to do my best to support them and and reassure them that yeah let's drop all of that mm. uh, and work through it and then just create whatever you create and let's have a look at what that is mm. yeah, yeah there's there's so much wisdom within within the self especially when your cognitive mind is switched off that's such a wonderful way to say it because <laughs> that, that perfectionist person right that, yeah. that not person entity is all in your prefrontal cortex it's like right in that left brain or the cognitive brain and if that yes. guy won't stop talking yes. um and triggering the anxiety yes then the inner wisdom the intuition um the right brain cannot say anything can't be heard can't be heard oh i love that mm. i wish i wrote that down it's all right it's recorded <laughs> okay it's recorded <laughs> yeah that's fantastic hey guys thank you so much for tuning in to science of the soul this is a short interruption to let you know that if you or someone you know are in need of more support you can find me at road to recovery on my facebook page my instagram or my website at aroadtorecovery.org i hope you've enjoyed listening so far and now let's get back to the podcast and you talked about the past um you know people bringing things from their past um mm. you know like we all have baggage mm-hmm. and i was just thinking back to your story and how you received this email mm-hmm. and um you took a really random risk 
Mm. It was an uncalculated risk. You didn't really know what you were getting yourself into. You just mm. took a risk. Yes. And from that risk, two years ago, mm-hmm. all this unfurled. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> what about people who are averse to taking risks? Like, how would they, would they even come across? Would they be interested? What would draw them in? Okay, that's a very interesting question. The only way I can answer that is that I am a huge believer in when the person is ready Mm. on any level, things will start to show up. And if they're not a big risk taker or if they're very uncomfortable with, you know, having a look at personal growth or something Mm. like that. um, But if there is any part of them that is ready something will show up perhaps Mm. you know the advertising of my course and it's still up to them in their consciousness and free will whether they go you know what i'm going to have a look at that Mm. and if it terrifies me i'm still going to have a look at that or they may just do another no i'm not ready shut it down and Mm. move away so i can't really say how what someone that doesn't take a lot of risk would or wouldn't do it's more based on i feel mm. whether they're ready and if what they see such as the advertising for the high cat course resonates for them mm. and sometimes it awakens people um and that what they normally would shy away from maybe they've had enough mm. on sub some level Uh, subconsciously their life is not working for them anymore Mm. they know that they've got some stuff there they've not Mm. really looked at it and then something presents and they just go you know what I think it's time Mm. to do something else to do something else and do something about it so sometimes a conscious awareness of what's not working just simply that might be the motivation yeah Absolutely. I mean, again, because of the course is quite professionally structured, we do get a lot of people who are already very consciously aware. Mm. They know they want to step into a healing field, a teaching field. um, So they understand that basically the course is to set them up for their own business. So we do get um, definitely more people who are are ready to take on that journey knowing that there's going to be a personal component they're going to have to do the work themselves um but they're all very much um what's the word like led by their desire to want to ultimately help people yeah yes yeah which is where you're coming from as well and you talked about your beliefs and how you pretty much inherited these beliefs Kind of like how we inherit our religion if yes. we're born into it. Yes. And it just, it reminded me of something that I learned um, like 2015 when I just started doing my um, diploma for professional counseling and it was called parental contamination. Mm. And, you know, a lot of things like racism, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. sexism. Yes. And all these other things, like no child is like outwardly discriminatory. Mm -hmm. Yes. It all comes from someone, from somewhere. Mm -hmm. And our beliefs are, a lot of them become inherited. And generally what, well, 
if they somehow I guess resonate with with us in our lives and their good beliefs then you know we carry them yes. through life and we refine them and whatnot yeah but sometimes if they're just so incongruent with our authentic selves mm-hmm. um, it will generally I mean unless you are a very enlightened being which then you know you would have dumped those beliefs a while ago <laughs> um, <laughs> generally it takes an existential crisis or a tragedy yes. or something to happen yes. in your life for you to go like actually th- this is not working out or 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 it's just been like years and years of um, a certain pattern where you just go like no I can't do this anymore like yes. it's you've reached a limit yes um, and then you reevaluate everything most definitely most definitely um, and I think within the course there is a really great platform for our students to reevaluate because um, as many inquiries as I get, you know, that yes, I, I want to become a holistic therapist and I want to run my own business. I also get a lot of people that experience exactly that where they've had enough mm-hmm. and they need a, a whole new fresh beginning and they're willing mm-hmm. to do whatever it takes to yeah. get there. Yeah. Um, with the end goal of being maybe or not uh, running a business. Mm. But it's really interesting because by the time we get um, to the end of the course and I'm very open to wherever the person may be, whether they want to run their own business out of this or just come along for the wonderful personal benefits, it's very interesting that by the end of the course how many people have uh, changed their mind about what they first came with. Mm. Even the people that come with a business mind, even they go through a particular journey and their business looks quite different at the end of the course to when they oh. first, what, what they had intended. The theme yeah. might still be there, like working with children perhaps, but the clarity and what they walk out with, yeah. they've really developed that vision. Yeah. Um, and same with our people who come along for just wanting the personal benefits out of it, they too, come with a certain way of being at the beginning and at the end some of them have actually turned around and said i'm absolutely running a business out of this now Mm. this transformation this what i've learned i want to share it with other people so it yeah it's very fascinating that uh what they first come with the journey they go through and what they walk out with well Mm. we don't know that's the excitement of the course oh my god we don't know what can happen Yeah, this is like transformation all over the place. It really is, and there's um there's a theme that that comes that keeps coming out in in our conversation so far, and it just it just keeps coming to me. It's just that word authenticity, yeah, and altruism. That's the other one, altruism. Ooh, because people come out from this course wanting to improve the lives of other people. Yes. And when you can see and you're empowered with the fact that you can change your own life and you can make such a powerful shift and you can be liberated from, yes. you know, your baggage or whatever yep. it is, um, you suddenly have this confidence that I can help other people, you know, realize other things mm-hmm. and have a shift in their lives. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel that that is not always motivated by money. That there's an altruistic yeah. aspect to it. Absolutely, absolutely, yes. The money is a wonderful again, again byproduct mm. um, that happens, and we all, you know, need money to live and, and have a business. I got that, but yeah, there is something much greater 
Um, and I know that firsthand because I went through that mm. journey. I know what I got out of the course mm. and it transformed me. And all I know is that if I can change, mm-hmm. <laughs> knowing how difficult and mm. set in my ways I was because of learnt behavior and belief systems that were given to me, which I thought were my own. Mm. If I can change, I feel that anybody can change. So mm. that's why I am here two years later with this incredible amount of passion mm. and the money that comes with it is it's just, it's a wonderful byproduct that allows me to continue mm. bringing this course to people. Yeah. Um, and I'll keep doing it for as long as I can. Mm. And, this authentic um, word or essence that you talk about is yeah this this course um, and the byproduct of it wouldn't be available without authenticity mm. we have to get authentic to really know what's going on with ourselves mm. to then bring awareness to it to then yep. bring transformation to then ultimately help someone else go through the same process yeah 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 it's like it's like it's like not at all being a doctor. <laughs> it's like the complete opposite. Of, of a, like, you know, doctors don't take their own medicines and then, yeah. you know, go like, okay, this is safe. You can yeah. have this now. So true. Um, it's like the complete opposite. I don't yeah. know why I said that. That's just something that... Well, no, I, I, I really got it. I really got it because what I'm getting from that is much like when you said how there is just so much wisdom mm. within the person and when we calm down all that you know internal chatter and, and allow them to come from a different place of their brain which is their creative side mm. this wisdom comes through and one of the great things that we do is allow people to find their own truth so where the doctor will not take his own medication mm-hmm. but hand out prescriptions like mm. lollies yeah we don't really do that we look at you to find your own prescription mm. what is it that you mm. are called towards yes. and how where is your truth located in you that's your medicine yeah that's your medication yeah so in you the, find your fix exactly exactly yeah. exactly right yes yeah. through the use of um proper questioning mm. which we call holistic counseling mm. um so that you get in touch with yourself and Honestly, what I'm seeing in working with people at this level, society doesn't really stop to really ask you questions about you Mm. and then give you the time to find your words and answer it Mm. that's congruent for you. We talk over the top of people. We're all in a Mm. rush. We really don't have time. How are you going? Nobody really stops to really care to listen. Mm. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine when they're not really fine. Mm. So when we do these types of training, we actually really do inquire with authenticity mm. about, well, what's going on for you? Mm. Where is it in you? And we give you the time to think about yep. that. Yeah. And that's very powerful because in such a fast paced world, nobody really is, even has time to stop and think about those things for themselves. Yeah. Until you're given that time and someone's willing to hold the space for you yeah. to find your words and answer it. And it's profound what people come up with for themselves that's been within themselves. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I've, I've experienced that and I've seen that happen as well yeah. with, with clients. And it's just like sometimes all you need is the right kind of kind of 
offsetting question exactly because the, the question can't be something that you know you can give an answer to straight away it would require a bit of thought yes a little bit of time for uh, evaluation or re-evaluation yeah yep. and then like the most profound things come out you're just like oh my god really and yes. then you think about that as well if this is coming from within me which means that you know um i have some sort of knowledge and it, a lot of that <laughs> yes. comes in a metaphorical way which yeah. again is tapping into that creative part of the mind yeah and then you think about your dreams man like yes. what, i mean i don't know if i don't know how many people or what the percentage is of people who are attentive to their dreams but because i have a very vivid memory mm-hmm. and i am like very <laughs> subconsciously tuned no i'm very tuned consciously tuned in with my subconscious yeah great because i'll have this dream and i'll get up like aha uh-huh, that's uh, what yeah. it's about <laughs> yeah or yeah. if i know it's random or nonsense i'm like oh it's because i saw that photo yes um yeah that's great yeah so yeah. and that's all coming from within it is you know all these lessons and all these like um loops in our dreams that we keep having recurring dreams or yep. certain type like it's trying to tell us something definitely and it comes out in the most imaginative yes you know metaphorical philosophical fairy tale mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. nightmare kind of way yeah and and <laughs> that's how we remember things that's how they yes. impact us yes and we are supposed to learn from that but then you know the moment our eyes open we're just like like chatter 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 yes and it's just like we just need a little bit of time and that opportunity that space that you talk about yes and i do believe that it's so much more empowering when the person themselves finds that truth we mm. might be able to see it for example if we're sitting here and talking mm. because you're in your stuff i'm objective maybe i can see what your truth is or should be and even if i do get it right it's still best that i refrain and help you see it for yourself because yep. it's going to land 10 times more powerfully when you yourself get it than when someone tells you yeah and it can be really lovely when people are sharing and they give advice but there's nothing like that moment where the stars align and everything just comes together <laughs> in you and you just go oh my goodness i'm mind blowing that i just really got that for me because mm. you came up with it for yourself mm. yeah i think that's 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 something that people don't forget and gives them the courage and empowerment to then move forward or whatever it is they've discovered to then go in that direction mm. as opposed to someone you know kind of telling you yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's a different they both you know, have value mm-hmm. but there's a real different essence when someone tells you something or mm. when you get something for yourself and you came up with that so this is other word that keeps popping to my head <laughs> me and my like popping words um it's process yes. it is the process that is the teacher and it is the through process you attain the experiential learning rather than rote learning definitely definitely mm-hmm. and the process is different for everyone mm. you know and the time factor that's involved in that is also different and the modalities in that mm. process are different some people really gravitate towards uh, journaling mm-hmm. and that's their process that's their time um and other people are like oh no that doesn't really resonate for me so uh, and i use journaling because i'm a journaler mm. i write and write and write and interestingly enough when i do my because i'm still processing my 
my life mm. on so many levels. I don't believe that ever really stops. Mm. But through my journaling, I'll always do a meditation beforehand. And it's, it's, I'm definitely not in a trance, but mm. it feels like I go into a meditative space. Mm. And then what I'm journaling, it's I am connected to God, source, universe. Mm. And there's this innate wisdom that's coming through, mm. which is part of my process. Mm. And when I feel I'm finished, I will always just leave my journal for a moment and I'll walk away and do something. When I come back, honestly, when I read it, I'm like, who wrote this? <laughs> really? But it's it's me. Mm. It's it's my wisdom talking through me. But then I put myself in the right place and yeah. position and you know, you know, parasympathetic nervous system mm. relaxation to in, in order to get that. But same with our students and, and people, everyone has their own process mm. and some people really love painting they'll just get lost for hours in mm. their painting um, and it doesn't matter what they're painting they're processing their subconscious yeah. something is shifting and moving and coming out into that painting mm. and they might step back after you know a day or two and step back and realize wow I've painted that or that means that or mm. I never thought about it like this before mm. you can have all sorts of things you know yeah. happen in that process time uh, particularly it's when you find the right modality that facilitates the yeah. process for you. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's the creative expression, whether through um, painting or movement and anything else? Well, we do um, creative writing, writing. We do sculpture. Oh, wow. We do meditation. Oh. Uh, we do sand play therapy. Wow. We're music? Music, yes. We definitely w look at um, music and how music affects the brain and the healing component to mm. music, vibrational healing. We mm. also look at that. So there are a few different modalities. So all use. the senses. Yeah, for sure. Much. Yes. Wow, that's yep. intense. Cooking? <laughs> culinary Fun arts funnily enough uh we do make a baker's clay this is in our uh, working with children's module so it's funny because it looks like a cooking uh session mm. where they actually have to mix salt water and flour and make a dough mm -hmm. almost looks like bread mm -hmm. um and then we create structures out of that and the whole idea is is in working i mean it's a great activity for mm -hmm. adults but children love to you know get their hands into something and make mm. something and get messy so instead of just working with play-doh that you can buy from the shop mm. we get the child involved from scratch which could offset their interest in cooking oh. why not cool. <laughs> you never know where it could yeah, go <laughs> that's so true that's so true yeah ah. so now take me back to um your journey now how has your journey been it's been a two two and a half year journey for you yes. where you started the course did it for yourself and now you know you're empowering a lot of other people doing this um what's it been like for you um the first word that comes to me is fulfilling mm -hmm. the next word necessary mm -hmm. <laughs> we're really into our words today <laughs> it's a word session and necessary uh, <laughs> Yeah, what I can see is that there were, now that I, you know, hindsight, I, mm -hmm. I do really love hindsight that I can actually see that this journey was necessary, mm. necessary for my own growth. Um, and to be a better facilitator, mm. I, I take this work 
um, very seriously um, because um, how can I say I do take it seriously and with a lot of heart mm. uh, because of what it provides or makes available for people um, but yeah necessary for me to grow um, and change a lot of my ways which has freed me from things that really did constrain me mm. uh, or restrain me however you'd like to say it um, it's also given a lot of freedom around so you know with different relationships that have been a bit challenging mm. um there's a lot more workability now particularly with around my father and i had you know a mm. lot of challenges there uh, and some of my trauma came from that and the parenting style with that um and i just feel also that in my uh, relationships not even my romantic relationships but just my general relationships um, I can understand people better. Perhaps mm. I can be more tolerant of things that I don't approve of or understand rather than be very uh, reactive. Mm. I can make choices better. So yeah, the journey, I could go on and on and on forever about the journey that I've had, mm. but uh, definitely necessary so that I could change the things that were not working and this gave me the tools in how to yeah. change them because I didn't know they needed changing to be really honest. Mm. Um, but fulfilling because all I can say, my heart feels full, my heart mm. feels complete that I was able to do those things so that ultimately I can be a better person and move into my future and support other people and have a better understanding of people in general. Mm. So that, that's, that's been, um, I think, think as much as I can say I mean there's a lot that's actually happened in the last two years healing with past relationships past broken relationships mm. healing many different aspects within myself um, coming from a place of not loving myself enough mm. and therefore making poor decisions in life which then that had its own complications moving forward and lots of realizations that well I don't really want those um non-workable things in life mm. i want to do the best that i can to achieve that what i want mm. and it's not about being happy all the time it's not about you know saying fake affirmations you know mm. or unrealistic affirmations it's about being authentic and congruent with where you're at mm. and knowing that that's what's needed for now um so for example i'm big on the example with affirmations there is no place in this course for fake it till you make it Mm -hmm. I do not agree with that at all. It's more about knowing, well, if we're going to work on affirmations, because remember, affirmations, they're very powerful words that you need to say either out loud or in, in your silent mind. But for affirmations to be really powerful, they need to get into the nervous system, much mm -hmm. like every other affirmation. So when we have something like, you know, I'm unlovable or I'm not worthy, that's been reiterated so much that it's mm. in your nervous system now, right? Yeah. So in order to um, have a new affirmation, if it's not congruent for you to then go immediately to, I'm amazing and I'm lovable, mm. generally what will happen, it's so far-fetched that this fake it till you make it won't really last because you might say it for a day or two, but because there's no congruency, you'll fall mm. in a heap you'll feel like shit, mm. 
Yeah. You'll sit there with yourself, detesting yourself more than yeah. what you started with because, well, I'm saying it, I'm saying it, why aren't I feeling it? That's because the leap is too far. Right. So you've got to get congruent with, well, what is the affirmation at this point that I yeah. can say to myself? And it might be something as simple as, I like me today mm. or I'm okay today. And you start on that and you build. And so when you feel, okay, uh, yeah, I've, I've got the hang of, yeah, no, mm. I can like myself today. And then mm. that gets into your nervous system and you've created some new neural pathways mm. uh, around that. Then we assess it again. What's your next affirmation? Yeah. So you've got to go through the processes, again, back mm. to process, um, in order for these things to be believable and then achievable. Mm. Yeah. You know, I I can almost completely understand where you're coming from because um, the whole fake it till you make it, like you said, its impacts can be quite short-lived. Um, mm -hmm. And I guess maybe it might work if there is um, physical movement in it. Mm -hmm. Yani, like if you're, you know, forcing yourself to go to work, you know, might yes. as well just smile at someone you know at work something like that so you know over time you know your physical body does um change your brain chemistry a little bit but mm -hmm. if like like you're right it's like making goals right like when you have an ambition and mm -hmm. you go like okay i don't know because i'm in student mode at the moment mm -hmm. i'm gonna write four thousand words by the end of the week like it's there's no mm. break up to that the goal yes. is too big and yes. you have like this much time it's too ambiguous yes um and when we take it one step at a time although they they seem like really small steps and we do that with with clients as well like you know today just walk around your house yes if yes. anything you yes. know um yep. and if you can do that that's great or yep. you know um don't wash one dish yep. and be okay with that yes. or a fork that's it <laughs> you know something yes. like that something yes. very very achievable yes but then over time just that feeling of accomplishment yes you know you the growth compounds yes and teeny tiny little steps of you know mm -hmm success every mm -hmm. day or every mm -hmm. week becomes like yes. you know a lot more so exactly. that that affirmation that you would ideally like to maybe um achieve or really be feeling be yep. congruent with yes um like at the end of the year might mm -hmm. actually come true but then it just yes. has to be more realistic yes yeah absolutely and you know with uh, when i work with people um they might identify you know their their negative uh, belief system within them is you know i'm unlovable and mm. they feel immediately that you know very congruently my next affirmation is that i am lovable and if that's congruent, that's what we go with. Yeah. Yeah. So, but well, there's a series of questioning in that as well, just to make sure that they're not aiming too high and that they don't fall in a heap. And I guess there's yeah. nothing wrong with falling in a heap. But yeah, this break it down to bite-sized mm. achievable pieces because when you feel a sense of accomplishment, well, that brings confidence. Yeah. And now I'm starting to shift. They, they get to actually see, well, I've shifted an old belief system and I've now just created something new. Mm. And yep. then we build on that and then we have a look again. What else can we put into the equation? What's our next level of affirmation? Yep. And that's, I feel, just a lot more powerful and achievable for people. Yeah. Yep. And I'm just going to 
like introduce something small here when it comes to affirmations and you talked about the nervous system uh, the parasympathetic nervous system being in in, uh, in action mm-hmm. is that so I am like a huge advocate for yin yoga mm-hmm. and the teachers that I follow and the videos that I watch or that I play um, if I don't feel like being very autonomous <laughs> in my own practice I just want to follow and switch off yep. um, and get like lectured about philosophy or something yes. um, is that usually in the yin yoga pose when we're halfway through or quite settled you know that your parasympathetic nervous system is already running you know you, you can tune quite quickly after you've done like a couple of pigeon poses you know you're just yes. like all right yes. um and then that's when the the teacher introduces the affirmation i Amazing. am this i am that yes and it just it's almost like a feather landing on a be- on the bed that's yes. how it just it just bloop, and yes. it just sits there and you're just like huh yes yes and it just comes to you um and so if it just comes to you so there's no resistance there's no congru uh, there's no incongruency issue there yes um it's absolutely natural yes you know? yes um, yeah and you carry that throughout the day so i'm yeah i'm a really big advocate for yin yoga because i also do it with my clients like trauma-informed yin yeah because going back to that authentic dancing that whole yeah. you know you y- the embodiment of trauma or the embodiment of all, all your issues um, from time to time can't, you know, in yoga poses because you have to hold these poses for mm-hmm. a few minutes mm-hmm. and things come up sometimes and mm-hmm. particularly with the women mm-hmm. um, who have had sexual trauma mm-hmm. when they're, you know, in the past, a lot is held in the hips yes, and in the jaw. Yes. And then when you start doing hip, hip opening poses, it can be super confronting and quite emotional as well. It like for some people, when their chest is very exposed, so they're more in their back. Mm. You know that can be you know a position of vulnerability. You know you, you just never know what comes up, and your body and yourself tells you a lot if you'd listen. Exactly. You, know? you just yes. need to just give it some time yeah. and listen because it is always communicating with you. It is. And uh, that makes me think of Dr. Bessel van der Kolk, how in his book, he re- he's a big advocate for mm. yoga and that yoga mm. has been more effective in treating post-traumatic stress disorder than any medication um, that people are being given to try and ultimately treat PTSD mm. with. And now you've just explained it incredibly well that through yoga, there's certain poses that they have to hold, mm. which can then open up something in the body to actually shift it and move it, which is mm. so much more powerful than just here's, here's some drugs. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, sometimes antidepressants or whatever may be of use, but generally speaking, mm. it's much better to do something like the yoga and get the body into the relaxation mm. response, that parasympathetic nervous response, so that things can actually shift because we do know that no learning or healing can happen in the sympathetic nervous system, that fight or flight mm. and stress response. So if that's going on for the person, they won't they won't learn nothing new. No affirmation can certainly get in there mm. and they won't be able to heal any issues yeah. emotionally or physically or otherwise in, in the fight or flight stressed out state. Yeah. 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 It's like when, when you're in the rest and digest, you're really resting and digesting Absolutely. yourself, yes. <laughs> your life, your mind. Yes. yes. Um, so true. 
So I have another question. I'm a bit mindful for time. We've been going on for an hour. Um, you talked about some of your shifts and that it's been fulfilling and necessary. And earlier today, um, you mentioned that you know you need a different perspective in how you present yourself in your course and mm-hmm. that how you've been doing it may not be the best way forward. Can you tell mm. us a little bit more? Because I think that this might come up for facilitators and teachers and therapists mm. as well where you know you use you you draw upon your struggles and your sufferings in the past the lessons that come from them and you use that to empower and teach um and you impart that but then what happens when that no longer serves you mm. this is great yeah look thank you for asking me that question because it's actually right today as you and i have been together that this has really been brought up for me. So yeah, what does happen? Uh, I've outgrown it is what's coming to me. So in the past um, where I've been sharing a lot of my own trauma um, and it's been, it's been appropriate and necessary in order for me to facilitate the class, what I've come to see now is that, yeah, I've outgrown telling all of that. So mm. where to from here? Well, interesting. Um, I think the new perspective is, and it's only coming to me now and I'm still going to sit with it afterwards and speculate. Um, but I think sharing some of the trauma to give context to my students, but more so now the process, Mm -hmm. I feel very empowered by the process. So where I've spent a lot of time talking about the trauma, because in getting relatability and letting people know that trauma can be any kind of trauma Um, I feel that I want to start focusing on the empowerment of the process now I've got enough experience of my own Mm. to start sharing the experience that I've gone through in order to get where I am and it's certainly not the end result Mm. but more sharing about that than the trauma that I did have Mm. and that's only coming to me now Mm. but I feel that's that's in alignment uh, with where I need to be taking my sharing, my wisdom. And my trauma has always got a place, mm-hmm. but I just feel that there needs to be now an inclusion of the process that I've been, because it's been a two-year journey, mm. particularly with the creative arts. There's always been a journey in healing some of the stuff that I've been through. Um, but yes, I do believe I should be focusing on the processes mm to help with the empowerment yeah. and the teaching. Yeah. Yeah. And and maybe that might also um, empower your students when they take this forward that they may not need to um, use their traumas or their emotional baggages as material, mm-hmm. as content to, to, mm. to teach from. Yes. They can use that as like an internal tool. Yes. But I guess, yeah, the process comes to the forefront. Mm. Mm. Yes. Yeah. And I think ultimately because this this course and what we're up to in life or what I'm dedicated to mm. is certainly, again, the trauma has the context, but mm. it's where are we now? Mm. How do we move forward and how do we step into the future mm. with the person that we actually truly want to be? So mm. it's about the process. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. The moving forward and not rehashing yeah the past yeah because so it's much. not needed anymore it's not needed it doesn't anymore. serve you anymore no. and 
And it's also weird because you can't teach a course on authenticity mm-hmm. if you're not authentically connected to that story anymore. Yes. Um, and on some level, and we know, I, I can't explain it, but we know this is true, that when someone, when a teacher or a facilitator or mediator is not in line with themselves, mm-hmm. um, that they are disconnected or fragmented in some way, yes. it, like, it's received in yes. a different way. So it really is. It's hard to... Yeah, because then you lack in passion because then all you're doing is trying to think about how I'm going to fit this square in <laughs> yes, the circle. Exactly. Like, you know, or I'm yeah. feeling really awkward about this. And then, you know, the, the people you're teaching will get that transference yes. um, as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, step, you'll just shoot yourself in the foot <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, but thank you. Thank you for asking me that because um, that I do believe is a very important um, uh, place or uh, perspective or there's a change there's definitely a change that is needed and I wasn't too sure mm. how to define that but through this conversation it is mm. um, becoming clearer uh, so I really appreciate that I'm glad to be the facilitator yes of this thought process it's been <laughs> wonderful thank you um, now, before we wrap up, can you just tell us, um, our listeners, um, where to find you, um, how to get in touch with you if okay. they're interested? Yeah, great. So um, my business name is College of Conscious Living. So my website is thecollegeofconsciousliving.com. Um, my social media platforms on Facebook and Instagram is College of Conscious Living. Mm-hmm. Um, so any one of those uh, platforms you will be able to contact me the website does have contact details Mm -hmm. the ability to phone me or email me Mm -hmm. and all our courses and services are on the website Mm -hmm. Um, and our my social media uh, is available just even just to follow along with you know some of the stuff Mm. that we do in the courses because I like to be as interactive as I can and upload to the social media what it is that we're doing because it's just colorful and it's just fun yeah it's just lovely to see and if i'm not mistaken the logo um right now looks a lot like your hair clip it's a purple lotus yes yeah correct with a white background it is yes um and i found that my um are they called a graphic designer my my designer that um redid my logo for me what i really love is that she used watercolors as Mm. Uh, when she revamped it, it looks like watercolors through the lotus flower. So it's nice. very art. It's very creative. Yes, yes. <laughs> it looks really pretty. I, I was really yeah. happy with that final design. You are practicing what you preach. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so many levels. And just for for potential, I guess, students, um, this is a six month course. When is your next intake, and where do you hold it, the course? Okay, so uh, face-to-face, we run uh, three campuses, uh, Sunshine Coast, Yandina, Brisbane, Paddington, and the Gold Coast, Carrara. Okay. Um, Our next intake is coming up at the end of July, starting July the 27th, the 28th, and the 30th Mm -hmm. for the three different campuses. Mm -hmm. Um, But we also now, uh, I'm really proud to say that we have the online option Mm. So uh, 
people from all around Australia and internationally if they wanted to because our course is actually accredited in 26 different countries including Australia. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's through the International Institute of Complementary Therapists. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, our online course is starting July the 14th, which is a Wednesday. Mm, and this is once a week for six months. The face-to-face is once a week for six, six months. The online, we give it a bit more flexibility and it's uh, one module per fortnight and how you structure yourself and time oh, you. with that module, you've got two weeks so the, to complete it. The content is online and they access it, access it whenever they want to or does this have to be a face-to-face arrangement with you? No, so we do, for the online students, there's no uh, face-to-face in person. We do give them their platform and they can log in and access their module in sequence so they can't rush ahead and they can't get to the next module without passing the the current module. But with the online, uh, I do run a Zoom meeting every fortnight so that there is an essence of real-time interaction mm. with yeah. myself the facilitator so if any if they've got any questions or concerns or they just want to share some of their transformations and yeah. breakthroughs um, that they get the opportunity to do that and if they can't make it to that we do record the session and then upload mm. it to a private Facebook group okay. uh, that our online students can join and just because um you know a lot of transformation a lot of trust a lot of rapport happens in these groups um i guess it would be helpful and useful to mention that it's a closed group so who you start with um in the face-to-face groups yes uh, are who you end with and you see the same people um for six months yes correct there's Mm -hmm. no yeah absolutely um, yeah, you've said it well. Who, whoever you start out with at the beginning of the course yeah. is exactly the same people that you finish with. Um, there's never any new intakes halfway through or mm. a certain person that just kind of joins in for one class. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. I don't run it yeah. like that at all. Yeah, because yeah. that can break the momentum, the flow, the rapport and the trust that gets built yes. in this in this structure. Yes. Mm. Okay. Well, thank you, Sonia. That was really, really fun. Um, totally worth coming out here. <laughs> oh, I thank feel like you. I'm in a different country, but like, it, like I've taken a little holiday. <laughs> um, thank you for having me. Oh, and it's been wonderful. Check out the College of Conscious Living if you're even the slightestly tiny bit curious <laughs> thank you thank um, you so much and yeah we'll catch up again soon yes i hope so okay bye bye